Welcome back to the Call on Our Shop podcast. We are live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube, and you can download the podcast wherever you get you podcasts. I'm Austin, joined by Logan and Sam, the usual trio back and ready to go. Subscribe to the channel if you guys are new so you don't miss out on anything. We got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about our week nine takeaways in the NFL. Got some exciting, some playoff teams that we think might make be able to make a run. Our upset picks, of course. But of course, we're just going to start off with just talking some football. Sam, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. It was an interesting week. Not a lot went according to plan. My parlays were definitely busted. But, you know, other than that, second half of the season, there's a lot to take from that last week and rolling into the uh, crunch time in fantasy. Yeah, let's talk about a crazy week in the NFL. I got numerous DMs just saying, like, how down their money line parlays were. And I was like, hey, me too. You saw mine. I, I forget exactly the four teams. I went 0 for 3 for the first three legs. Thankfully, the Chargers cashed the last leg. But yeah, it was one for four in a money line parlay of basically all favorites. So um, not too well. Logan, how are you doing? Well, I'm great. And I mean, in that same vein, that's why any given Sunday is, is the motto for the NFL. But we are closing in on 13,000 subscribers. So match that subscribe button. I always tell you guys on, on my videos. And what are we like, Austin, like 600-ish away? Maybe, yeah, maybe well, 500-ish? Closing in okay. day by day. Yeah, everyone keeps kicking that, clicking that subscribe button. Shout out to all our new COS All-Stars. We've been gaining a couple per day. We appreciate you guys. But yeah, Logan, we're going to let you get some stuff off your chest. You said you had a couple minutes that you needed to uh, talk about something. And I'm going to let you talk <laughs> about your biggest week nine takeaway. The floor is all yours, man. We're, this, is a, this is a place for therapy and we're here for you because we've been there. I know. And, and you know, you know, my Jets friends gather around. I think we all just need a group hug on this one because we're here. Sam Darnold is trash. And I, I, I just I really, you know, I've given him enough excuses. Right. I, I'm talking about the offensive line. Obviously, Carolina's offensive line is one of the worst in the league. But I cannot excuse those red, two red zone turnovers like that. Every Jets fan is, is pointing at me like, ha, yep, see, we, we knew that. And he's just he's got the yips when it comes to turning the ball over. I don't know what is going on with Sam Darnold. But as a Carolina Panther fan, that's just bad weekend, bad weekend all around. And you know what? Thank goodness Carolina didn't give up a whole lot for Sam Darnold. But unfortunately, I, I hate that I told you so Jets fans out there who told me so. I got a couple of them with me here. Uh, but yeah, I just, he, he needs, he needs a benching and, and hopefully I think that's what we're getting this week, but man, what, what a terrible performance from Darnold. So some bad quarterback play around the, uh, around the league from, you know, stars that we don't normally see like Stafford, Josh Allen, but Sam Darnold, you know, th this is just too much bad plays really did sink Carolina's chances of even, even being in the game. So just terrible. Yeah. Speaking to that, a lot of good QBs. Yeah. had a bad week's. Patrick Mahomes, I don't remember how many yards he threw for, but wasn't a lot. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to rag you on Sam Darnold. We've done you enough, done that enough to you this season. We understand your pain. If there's any group of people, we understand because we've been in the same shoes. He looked decent the first three weeks of the season, and that's what the Jets had seen. They had seen good Darnold, and then he gives you bad Darnold time and time again. It's frustrating. Sam, I know you can speak more on this as a fellow Jets fan. Yeah, I guess. You know, Bill Belichick just really knows how to scheme against him. And at this point, I don't think there was any confidence in, in the Patriots' defensive scheme about what they needed to do to beat Darnold. And they absolutely did. Um, didn't look good for him. And, yeah, if you're a Panthers fan, now I'm looking towards the draft. Because whereas I might have thought Darnold was the answer at the beginning of the season, I don't think he is anymore. So a lot of big unknowns if you're a Panthers fan. Logan, do you think P.J. Walker would do any better? I'm, I'm just curious because you watch the Panthers much more than I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking 
I think he can't do worse. And, and really, really the problem, the problem is with, with Sam Darnold is, is like I said, those red zone turnovers, he's, he's really just trying to make the most happen. He's just trying to force throws that aren't there. And they, they're conveniently when we're in the red zone. Now, PJ Walker is more of that game manager type quarterback. He, he's, he's a little bit of a dual threat for anybody that that's watched him in his previous stints. But I mean, yeah, give me, give me PJ Walker, a lot of dump downs to Christian McCaffrey and that will make me a little bit happier. I guess that's fair, but uh, we'll move on from the Panthers. We don't need to talk about them any longer. Um, we're, I'm going to give you guys my biggest takeaway, and it's it's more of a question to you guys because I don't know what to do about the Tennessee Titans. On one hand, I think, you know, this team actually has, you know, potential to be a Super Bowl, you know, in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender. I think they're in that class. They've beaten the Rams, Bills, Chiefs, even they beat the Seahawks with Russell Wilson earlier on in the season. But then I look at Ryan Tannehill and I and no Derrick Henry, and I just don't, I don't see it, but then they win time and time again, like they did to the Rams on Sunday night football. What do you guys take? What do you guys takeaways? Cause truthfully I'm, I'm concerned. Well, the reason why I like it is because they're in the AFC, right. And, and they're in the AFC South and right now it's just wide open for them. Right. We saw the bills didn't look that great. The, the lock that we thought they were for, you know, AFC crown probably isn't there. So it's wide open and, and the Titans are, are a, a good enough team. And yeah, they have enough of, of a record and a rap sheet to show for it. They, yeah, they've gotten it done against good teams. So if they get hot, you know, come postseason time, I could see it working out. Big unknown still with Derrick Henry being out. I don't know really who the heir apparent is there. And I don't think that question was answered last week. No. So a question mark there. But yeah, moving forward, lots of, a lot of things to like for the Titans. Yeah, I mean, Adrian Peterson got into the end zone, but didn't do all too much with his carries. Deontay Foreman showed a little bit of something, but still, he's bounced around the league to so many, so many different teams. Logan, what are your thoughts on him? And then I'll give my final thoughts, then we'll move back. It's it's really cool to see after all these years, Adrian Peterson fall in the end zone. No, I mean, come on, like he, the old old man Peterson. But I mean, yeah, the the running game is is definitely what what the Titans are built on. And if you're asking Ryan Tannehill to go when you bunch of games I'm not I'm not completely sold on that I think the you know the wins against you know those those teams that you said those those are some good quality wins you you and that's and that speaks to how how gritty Mike Vrabel is such a good coach I mean those players absolutely love to play for him um I'm just not sold I once again I'm not sold on the Titans defense either I I think you know if if Ryan Tannehill has to play hero ball and, and play catch up that's not that's not where this team, especially without Derrick Henry, is is built. They they cannot come from behind. Yeah, and that speaks really to a testament of how good of a coach Mike Vrab- Mike Vrabel is. Like you said, he's he's like Bill Belichick 2.0. It seems like like his defensive mm-hmm. schemes are always so good. And even though his defense hasn't played you know up to par the whole season, and they just come out and have a great showing against Stafford. So I'm curious to see where the Titans fall the rest of the year. I would assume they'll win the AFC South, given that they got at least I don't know three games on every single one. And the Colts have a couple tough games coming up, but it's an interesting team to watch. I'm curious to see how they do the rest of the season. They're going to need Ryan Tannehill to play better, in my opinion, or else I just don't see them winning a Super Bowl, but they could go far. But Sam, I want to go back to you. What's your biggest takeaway from week nine? Well, I think a lot of people, when they think of the NFL state of affairs with teams, they have this big distribution of really good teams, really bad teams, and it's really spread out of, you know, where, where are teams at? And I think last week, especially, there's an argument to be made that a lot of teams are just 500 teams, right? And a couple games away from being, you know, 11 and six, or also being, you know, a couple games away from being six and 11. And it's just really how a couple things, a couple games go either their way or not their way. You look at the slate of games from this past week, right? Cowboys lost an easy one, right? How'd that happen? They looked awful. Everyone thought the Bills were going to come out and smoke the Jags. 
That didn't happen. Uh, Falcons upsetting the Saints. Where we came into the week saying, wow, Bills beating Jags, that's a virtual lock. We all thought that. And the fact that it's not means, wow, we think teams are really far apart, and it really might be a lot closer than we think. And it's really just a matter of a couple good games or a couple bad games can really shift into uh, the state of the postseason uh, state of affairs. And I think this past week was, was a uh, token week to, to prove that. I, you know, that's something I always say in my videos is that, you know, any team can win any given Sunday. I already know Sam or Logan has already said that once in the video already. And it's true. It's like you, you could bet, you could bet you could put as much money as you wanted on the bills and sure they probably will win nine times out of 10 games you'd think, but it's still the NFL and anything can happen. That's why I normally am not placing a lot of parlays. Cause it's like that. It's like, you just really don't know. And that goes for really not only for NFL, but also NBA basketball. I mean, it's all, it's all a game of inches for every single sport. Like Tyler Higby, he, he missed a touchdown by literally a, like a, his pinky toe. It's things like that, that are big changes. Then you have the bears on Monday night football with that questionable taunting call. And it was that, that we won't get into that. It's just so many different things that can happen in the NFL every single day. And so it one of this week, especially more than the rest, it reminded exactly your point, Sam, that anything can happen. Any, and all these teams are more or less pretty equal. Some teams have better players than others, but still it's, it's still a, a game of, of game of luck at some, some, some instances. Logan, what are your thoughts? Well, you, you, you pretty much nailed it. And, and that's why the NFL is hard to bet. And, you know, betting perspective on this one. But, you know, the, I, I kind of compare it, uh, you know, as, as Sam was saying, the, the, the talent gap in the pros is not as big as it is in college football, right? Take it some, for somebody that tries to research college football and play it. You get teams like Alabama that just steamroll uh, inferior opponents. But that doesn't really happen in the NFL because these are all professional athletes. They're all making millions of dollars. They, they have families to feed. And th these are their careers. So it, it, it really is a different product. I, I love parody, though. I, I love seeing the, the Jaguars, as crazy as it is, beating the Bills because <laughs> all those Bills fans who travel to Jacksonville expecting an easy win. No, they didn't get it. But it, it's it really that's what makes the NFL such a great product to watch. And, you know, it's it's what separates pros uh, from college for sure. Yeah, amen to that. Um, we're going to Sam, you have any closing thoughts before we move on? No, absolutely. And it kind of makes you want to bet with that in mind, knowing that, hey, I can't pick virtual locks each week because they just don't exist, right? You got to, got to get ahead of it and think, wow, what's actually going to happen? Look at, you know, matchups a little bit deeper than really just seeing face value. Oh, those are a lock. They're whatever. You can't look at record. You know, that's constantly changing. And, and yeah, it, it, it should be a driving factor in all NFL bets for sure. Now, I just want to echo, this is not an incentive to just go next week to bet every single underdog and just hammer all of them. Like the Lions, maybe the Lions get a win this weekend. That'd be pretty cool. But we're going to move on to a couple social questions. I asked you guys on Twitter, and if you're not following us, follow us on Twitter at Call on Our Shot. But I'm not. I'm just going to ask you guys a couple questions that they gave us, and I thought they were pretty interesting, so we're going to ask them here. I always go and ask you guys Tuesday afternoons what questions you guys want. But we're going to talk about the first one from Timothy. He gave us two questions. He's a He's a follower. He's always commenting on my things. I appreciate him. He asked what NFL teams are going to be a surprise to not only get into the playoffs, but to make a run. And I'm going to start with you, Logan. What's your team that you think you know might get into the playoffs? And they might already be in it, but you think that are a sneaky run. Right. So we're 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 going in the in the AFC West. And you know, I think there's several teams that could be contenders in there, right? You look at Chiefs, you look at Chargers. But I, I really, there's something about this Las Vegas Raiders team. The way they're built on, on defense is, is very surprising, right? They don't necessarily have all those flashy players. They're really good uh, up front defensively. They can get after the quarterback like that. That checks the box. Running game, 
check checks the box with, with Josh Jacobs if healthy, right? That, that's a big if, unfortunately, for him. Yeah. And you got that one-two punch with Kenyon Drake. And Derek Carr, as much as we we always like to say, uh, Derek Carr is an elite, he's good enough to, to get them into the playoffs and, may, and maybe make a sneaky run. Look, I, I just everyone likes to sleep on the Raiders. Everyone likes to kind of look at them as as a team of misfortunes with, you know, head coach to, to rugs, unfortunate. But the, the distractions aside, I think the Las Vegas Raiders are one of those teams that, that are going to play their hearts out. Yeah, they didn't have a good showing on Sunday. Didn't help that Dan Carlson missed a cheap shot right at the right at like the eight minute mark. So and I have to speak to Derek Carr. I was thinking about this all week and especially from the rugs um, interview and what that he said, and I, I find myself, it's very hard for me to root against Derek Carr. He's one of, I think just over the past couple of weeks, just his responses and his love for people and just how he conducts himself as a leader for this team. I'm, I, I love the Raiders and I, you'll never see me bet against them. I just think they're a really cool team to watch. And I love rooting for Derek Carr, one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, which you wouldn't really think it's Derek Carr. It's not necessarily someone that probably has a top 10 sold Jersey in the NFL, but I just think he's a really cool person. And so I find myself rooting for him. Sam, what are your thoughts? No, yeah, I agree. Like that team's faced a lot of adversity this year, right? More than most teams face in, in decades, right? And um, they've been able to, you know, deal with it pretty well so far. I mean, I, I would have thought they would have barely been able to field a team last week based off of everything that's happened with rugs and lack of a head coach and all that stuff. And yeah, no, they've, they've been able to sometimes needing that obstacle to overcome is a real bonding experience. And so if they can use this as an opportunity to, to take it further into the season. Yeah, I, I like them. There's definitely some unknowns into what those wild card spots in the AFC are going to look like. And why not the Raiders? I think there's a bunch of wild cards, not only in the AFC, but also the NFC. But my my biggest team, and this is that I think can make a run in the playoffs, it's going to be the Cleveland Browns. Now, before you come on here and say, Austin, you've trashed the Browns. You've loved them. Then you've trashed them. You've loved them. I've been back and forth, but I'm back in on the Browns. And here's why. Now, I, and when I think about teams that can make good runs in the playoffs, we've seen teams like the Titans. We've seen other teams make runs in the playoffs. And what does it normally come down to? It normally comes down to how you control the trenches. And this team is arguably has the best offensive and defensive line in the NFL. They got Miles Garrett leads the league in sacks and they, their offensive line is overpowered. So they might be my upset pick later this week. I don't know how, what the status is of Nick Chubb, but I really like this Browns team. I love they they got rid of Baker or not Baker, but Odell Beckham Jr. Not that he was, you know, the thing holding them back, but it just felt like it was a weight lifted off their chest. Like whether it was a locker room presence or just something because they looked awesome against the Bengals. So I think the Browns not only can make some noise, they almost got it to the AFC championship last, last year, losing by five to the Chiefs. I think they got a chance this year just because, of the story. So I'm back in on the Browns this week. Catch me next week. I'll probably be different. Yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, that I appreciate your, your apology for, for waffling so much on the Browns. He's in this week, guys, next week. I'll be out with, yeah. with if Baker goes up and puts up a mediocre performance, he's out here. You're, you're so ready yeah. to, to jump ship on the, on the Browns. I mean, your, your, your takes are, are pretty good as far as uh, Cleveland, but that's a really tough division. I, I think, I think they're, for sure, you know, the third best team in that division. If not, I I, I could argue Bengals are, are trending downwards, but they still have the talent to compete with the Browns. They're in a tough division. They're in a tough spot, uh, but all the power to them. Yeah, they, they are, but I don't think you could really necessarily say the Ravens are leaps and bounds above the other teams. They haven't necessarily impressed. They lost to the Bengals, then they went on a bye. And you could argue my upset pick last week, the Vikings probably should have beaten the Ravens, but Lamar Jackson led that comeback. And props to him, he's been doing that all year, but... It's hard to consistently come back, especially in the playoffs. That's going to be even tougher. So 
I think the Browns got a chance. I, I don't expect them to win the division, but I think as a wild card team, we've seen teams do damage and it starts with the ground game and they got Nick Chubb. They'll get Kareem Hunt back at one point. They got Dearness Johnson running it too. I don't know. I'm excited for this team. Sam, who is your, who's your biggest team that you think has a chance to make a run? Well, I'm looking at the NFC side of things now. And as of current standings, you know, the Cowboys seem to be a lock for the East, the Packers in the North and the Bucks in the South. You look at the West, I got to think the Cardinals and the Rams are going to make it in too. So that's five of your seven. That leaves two wildcard spots. And that really comes down to, okay, maybe the Saints sitting at five and three. Other than that, hard pressed to find a, a team above 500. And so my eyes are immediately drawn to the Seattle Seahawks sitting at three and five. Um, but they're about to get their star quarterback, Russell Wilson, back, I think. Started practicing today. Hopefully he plays next week. Um, Chris Carson, hopefully coming off of IR. He's probably going to be back on the field. They're missing some big offensive weapons, um, which definitely let them down in some weeks past. So that'll definitely be a benefit to them. And you look at their schedule. Yes, they still have the Cardinals twice. But late in the, late in the season, they have Washington, Houston, Chicago, Detroit. They have some cupcake wins, too. So if they can beat some of those tough, you know, divisional teams, they still have on the board and win all those uh, all those easy games. I could definitely see them being a you know eleven and six team maybe come the end of the season. Yeah, love or hate Russell Wilson, you gotta you can't deny his talent. He's one of the best QBs in the NFL, and he he manages to get it done. He could be trotting out there with nobody. He's that wide receiver, and he manages to get it done. Whether it's the leading a fourth quarter comeback or anything on lo- along those lines, so I want to count him out. Like you said, that kind of those six and seven slots in the NFC are completely up for grabs. The Falcons are in the playoffs are crying out loud at the moment. And that's not a team that necessarily, you know, you would think, you know, nine weeks into the season, the Falcons are in the playoffs. This was a team that no one had a lot of hope for. So credit to Arthur Smith for turning around the program, making the Falcons a competitive team. But yeah, I'm all in on the Seahawks. I have their over for wins. So maybe they'll they get run up, rattle off a couple for me. I, I wouldn't complain. Logan, what are your thoughts on the Seahawks? Yeah, Russ, Russ always has that magic in him, right? They, he's good for a couple wins that it's just those signature Russell Wilson moments. Everybody knows that. You know, you know, Sam, Sam's talking about the offensive side of the ball. I, I'm not, I cannot ignore the defensive side of the ball uh, for, for the Seahawks. So it's not very good. That's good. That's going to be the reason they don't get in the playoffs, though. I have to, I have to push back on, on that one. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying with getting Carson back, getting Wilson back. But again, they can only do so much. That, that defense long gone are the days of the legion of boom this is this is the legion of crap i i, I don't know what else, what else to say it just they they really do give up yards and points at, at a premium yeah this week they got a matchup against the packers so we don't know if aaron Rodgers will be back i don't think we find that out until saturday you'd assume he would be back and i think the sports folks expect him to be back because they're three and a half point favorites at lambeau field but It'll be interesting to watch because you're right, Logan, that defense is not good. And normally Russell Wilson fades toward the second half of the year and they kind of limp into the playoffs and then get bounced. But we'll see how that goes. But we're going to talk about the Super Bowl because we just talked about the playoffs teams that can make a run. We're talking about the Super Bowl and we're looking for a value bet. This is a this is a question from Timothy. He's going to he asked for a Super Bowl winner, like a value bet or and an MVP pick. So I'm going to let you start, Sam. Who's your Super Bowl value pick? I want you to give me your MVP pick or at least a value on that that specific award. So I've been high on them all season, and I'm going to continue to be high on them. I think, you know, last week really shouldn't impact your decision moving forward. I like the Packers. Uh, Super Bowl winning right now, uh, odds put them at plus 1,100, which, you know, is sitting like I think it was five or six teams from the top. So it's not like they're the definitive lock, but you're getting some good value for a team that 
you know, is going to have Rodgers back. And, you know, critics have been hard on him. I think he'll recover well from this. You know, I'm too much of a fanboy to kind of view this whole situation truly objectively, and I should definitely be yeah. harder on him. But he's kind of embraced that villain role. He had it in the offseason. He kind of has it now. He's just – it's kind of a big FU season for Aaron Rodgers. And I could see him, you know, just riding that energy, even if it is negative energy, into a successful postseason. Yeah. Um, you know, LaFleur looks like he's got things clicking. Uh, that offense has had more weapons now than it's ever had in the past few years. So I, I like the Packers. Um, but I tell you what, the reason why I don't like Aaron Rodgers for MVP and why I'm going to pick Matt Stafford instead is just how explosive of a season Matt Stafford has had right now. And just the the pure touchdown volume that he has. Where does he sit right now on, on touchdown rankings? He's got to be top. Three. I think he's first or second. Him and Brady are right up at the top. Yeah. And uh Again, Stafford, not that anyone gets it because they deserve it, but wow, the 180 that he's done so far with the Rams this season versus what he's done with Lions in years past, he's like a fan favorite to win MVP. I want him to, to win MVP. So I like Packers with the Super Bowl, Stafford with MVP. Um, before I come, I'm curious how Packers fans feel at the moment because on one hand, you got you got Aaron Rodgers coming back. This is kind of like his last dance. Same sort of thing with Devontae Adams, which is a weird contract like kind of scenario. But then you, your heir apparent, Jordan Love, comes out, and that man didn't know how to throw a football, basically, the majority of the game. They ended up covering in an absolute – I don't know how they covered. that They did not look good the whole day, but the, neither did the Chiefs. But it's like, I don't know, how, how, do, how do Packers fans feel about Jordan Love? Because he did not look all too good. But I'm going to move on to my pick, and I think you can get some value on the team with the best record in the NFL. That would be the Arizona Cardinals. Currently, they at 8-1. and one. They're plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl. And when you look at this team, their defense is still constantly improving. Now, granted, they lost J.J. Watt a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago, but still got Chandler Jones and still got a bunch of talented playmakers on the defensive side. And then on the offensive side, they just won without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, arguably their two most important players. They got James Conner turning into Derrick Henry. This man is an absolute beast out of nowhere. He's leading the league in touchdowns tied actually with Derrick Henry with 10 it's unreal what they've done to James Conner's career. I hope for his sake he can stay healthy the rest of the year. So I think the Cardinals have as good of a chance as anyone. They could potentially have home field advantage in the playoffs as well. Now, granted, their schedule the rest of the season will be pretty tough with the Seahawks and, of course, the Rams. But I, I like the Cardinals at plus 1,000. Then my MVP pick is not a lot of value on it, but it's Tom Brady. It's plus 350. I think this race will come down to either Brady or Josh Allen. Now, I know Josh Allen stunk it up last weekend, but I find that more of an anomaly more than anything. You got Brady, who's either leading. I don't know exactly. He's either one. He's leading the league in touchdowns or one below Stafford. But this is a guy in Brady. This is a total, total like narrative award. This guy is what, 44, 45 years old. He will probably lead the league in t- passing touchdowns. And, and when it's all said and done, he's going to end up versus Josh Allen in a couple weeks, in like four or five weeks. And I think that will decide the MVP trophy. And they're at home that game. And I just think, you know, Tom Brady pulls that one out against the Bills, who have looked, the defense has looked good all year. I think he'll end up winning the MVP trophy. But I do like the Stafford pick at plus 800. You can't go wrong there. Logan, what are your thoughts? Um, it, I, I think it's funny how we, we picked MVPs from each of our Super Bowl or from other other uh, Super Bowl teams, right? So I, I think the best value if I'm looking at Super Bowl odds is, is Rams plus 800. How about a team that's all in, right? You know, Sam like, like Stafford for MVP, MVP. I like what they do on the defensive side of the ball, obviously, right? That you cut Cup and, and Robert Woods and a, a great explosive offense. I think it's hard. It's it's really hard to bet against the Rams in the NFC. I I, I think they're going to, you know, at least make the NFC championship. And now as far as MVP, 
I love Kyler Murray's odds. I, you know, assuming he can stay healthy, assuming he can get back to healthy, plus 750. Now, look, I'm not trying to jinx Kyler Murray, but I, I put money on him to win MVP last year, and he, he, he got hurt and was never the same. So, Kyler, please, please stay healthy. You know, the league is better with you. Uh, but I love the value there. As, as Austin said, I, you know, Cardinals, great, great team. One, one only one loss. Yeah, why not Kyler? Yeah, Kyler's he needs to come back, come back this week, in my opinion, and I think he will. But yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray's looked pretty good all season. They really need to get Hopkins a little bit more involved. All he's been is more or less a touchdown threat this year. I have seven touchdowns, but not a lot of receptions, not a lot of production from your number one receiver. But granted, they got Christian Kirk, they got AJ Green, Rondell Moore. And they got James Conner now all playing out of their mind. So I can't blame them too much. So we're going to move on from that segment. We're going to do a quick segue. And before we start about Thursday night football and week 10 and our week 10 upset picks, then we'll wrap up the show with some more key matchups. We got a question from a guy on Twitter, big taco fall, which I told him I love the name. And that's why I'm actually using this question. And he asked what player or team has won each of you the most money. And so I thought it was an interesting question. We're not going to talk about who lost the most money. Cause those are no fun to reminisce on those losses, but Logan, I'm going to let you start with what sport or team has won you the most money. Because I know this one and I know it's funny. Yeah, so, you know, with, with <laughs> I, I just, I, I can't tell the story with a straight face. Because if you told me that I was going to win a, a crap load of money in Russian hockey, you, uh, you know, I, I call you a fool. But I, ha- I, I did win a lot of money in Russian hockey. And you might ask yourself how. Well, I, I was doing a little bit of arbitrage betting, and if you don't know what arbitrage betting is, this is a plug for Austin's video. Go, go, go watch, <laughs> yeah. go watch go, uh, that. Betting. Go to the betting uh, tips with, and tricks video. Yeah, exactly. Go, go watch it with our partner Odds Jam. They, they really helped me out. But the, there was a chance if they weren't true arbitrage bets, there was a chance I could have lost a shirt off my back. I don't know how I would would have paid rent. <laughs> uh, but and it was in the name of Russian hockey. Uh, now, if you know that that was a one-time thing, I learned my lesson. I said no more. I can't tell you a single team. I I couldn't even pronounce the teams I, I was betting on. It was delinquency. It was it was just degenerate betting at its finest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to add on to that story, because it is one of the most stressful things that I've ever been through. Is so we bet on Russian and Swedish hockey leagues, which. When we looked at the lines, and if you've ever bet hockey or even baseball, you see their the run line or the puck line is normally like plus one and a half. So we were looking at the odds, and they were having the run line at plus zero and a half. So we were betting on those, assuming, and then betting the opposite on the other side, so that we were guaranteed to win money. Lo and behold, FanDuel doesn't tell you on the sports book that that plus zero point five is the sixty minute line. So if those games go to overtime and your team loses. You would lose your bet and we were going to lose the shirt off our back. Now, out of an absolute whim, literally some of these games ended with like two seconds. They were tied and they would score it with like two seconds left. It was unreal. None of the games went to overtime. Everyone had a clear winner and we somehow skated skate free from it. And we will never bet on Swedish or Russian hockey. You can guarantee this is not a Swedish and hockey, Russian nope. hockey channel. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, that was the most stressful time that we've probably ever had. Now, my the person I've made the most money on, and it kind of goes back to arbitrage betting, PJ Tucker. So back in the playoffs last year, we had an arbitrage opportunity, which an arbitrage opportunity, I'd like I said, go watch that betting tips and tricks video to kind of understand more about what it is. But basically you're betting the same outcome, but on two different books. So you're betting PJ Tucker's over on one book, PJ Tucker's under on another. Well, we bet PJ Tucker's, I think we bet is over. We bet is over on one book. And it was like, or which one was it, Logan? Did we bet it's over first or is under? I don't remember exactly which order it went in. 
Um, I, I'm pretty and, sure we, we bet as we bet as under. Yeah, uh, we bet as under then, four and a half points on one book. Yeah, and then we went to go place the other one, the over four and a half, and the the lines disappeared. So we were sitting there with um, I don't remember a couple hundred bucks on PJ Tucker under four and a half points, and the line never came back. So we were sitting there like, well, PJ Tucker kind of stinks, right? Like he shouldn't score that many points. I mean, this guy that you know only shoots three pointers sometimes that's the side of the backboard. But <laughs> lo and behold, we get a live bet middle of the game. And it's PJ Tucker over three and a half points. So now we're like, oh, well, we can get this over. We have the under. We're going to make money no matter what. And what does PJ Tucker do? He goes out and scores four points on the dot. So not only do we cash our over three and a half, we cash our under four and a half. And so we middled it. And it was it was it was unreal. The most money I've ever made, definitely, because we had a couple hundred bucks both ways. But yeah, talk about a talk about a sweaty game because he definitely attempted several three pointers towards the end of that game. And it was stressful. It was last season in the playoffs. But talk about a thrill um sam i don't know what your biggest one was do you have any uh, idea well nothing on the scale that you guys uh you degenerates uh can <laughs> sam doesn't bet as much as we do no, he's so a lot that, of money line parlays and he's down the, bad right now one that came back to my memory oh yeah i'm, I'm down every parlay this, this <laughs> yikes uh but the quickest one that came back to memory was uh the opener i, I bet hard on the rams coming out pretty explosive took Took a pretty penny out off of Logan's wallet, but not Cooper Cup. But if you look at Cooper <laughs> Cup in nine of um, or in six of the nine games of the season so far, he's had a touchdown. So if you bet Cooper Cup's anytime touchdown, or right now at the rate he's going, he's just having one of those seasons where he is finding the end zone like crazy. A couple games of uh, two touchdowns too. So I think he's sitting at like something crazy, like ten on the season or something. So Cooper Cup anytime touchdown. There's money to be made there especially from Logan Stacy. I mean, the books have finally caught up to it. It was like minus 190 last week, and he didn't get into the end zone. But, yeah, I, I was actually looking at his stats today. Um, I didn't bring him on to the show. I don't remember him, but he does have over 1,000 receiving yards so far in just nine games. So I don't know what – I don't remember what Calvin Johnson's record was. I think it was, what, over 2,000-something. But he's he's not on pace, but I'm just saying there's a chance he could get it with the extra game this season. But Cooper Cup's had an unreal year. Um, so shout out to you for stealing some of Logan's money. We, we respect it, but we're going to move on to Thursday. We're going to move on to week 10, talk about Thursday night football. And boy, is it a doozy. We got the Ravens taking on the dolphins. I don't know if I will watch any of this game, but I believe the Ravens are seven and a half point favorites. I believe this game is in Miami as well. Sam in 30 seconds or less, tell me your takeaway on this game and give me a score prediction. Um, don't watch this game. If anything happens but a Ravens blowout, that will be the first thing we're talking about come next week. I like the Ravens big. Dolphins haven't shown me anything, barely beaten an awful Texans team. So let's go Ravens big, like 35-10 over the Dolphins. 35-10, I respect <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to argue with that, right? I mean, do we know any any sort of update on, on Tua? Because I, I um, He that, stinks. That... No, I, um, I do not know. I, I will t- – <laughs> I don't see anything on here. I, Does it I, I matter can't. if I tell you whether it's Jacoby Brissett or if it's Tua? Like, is that going to make a difference? To, in how look, you to me, Tua, Tua changes the line by half. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Well, no, I'm just kidding. Tua is actually better than Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett is actually, actually very, very, very bad. There was, I what what was it, nine turnovers combined in the Texans versus Dolphins game? I mean, I I mean that was just a, a brutal. That, that's not a good football product. Not a good football product at all. But I I mean, 
yeah, it, it changes my mind a little bit if if two is in there because if you look at that spread, come on guys, we're we're not the we're not the suckers that we used to be anymore, right? We we we've been betting football long enough. We understand that everyone and their mother is going to be betting Ravens. And then the, what if the Dolphins just you know what if it's a field goal game? Would that shock you? I don't think it would shock me all that much. We got all those upsets out out last week. There's no, no. upset left to be had. I think the Ravens got the, this one. The, the great equalizer in the NFL is Thursday night football because you can have a lot of – on the short week, you can have injuries. You can have, you know, lack of preparation. It is the great equalizer. It's it's a terrible product. I, I kind of wish the NFL would do away with Thursday night football because you always see good players getting hurt on it. But that being said, yeah, the Ravens are going to win. I say they win by 10, though. Make it a little sweatier bet for anybody that's betting uh, Ravens on that one. Yeah, they might make it as sweaty as the Jets Colts game. If you had Colts, you you know you because go. you were sweating that like crazy at the end with that last interception. Um, yeah, the last these two teams played two years ago, September tenth, twenty nineteen. Uh, final score fifty nine to ten. Um, <laughs> uh, I believe that was opening opening week. You know, I it does matter if Tua plays. I they, I don't see the Dolphins covering if Jacoby Brissett plays. I just don't. But yeah. if Tua's out there. Yes, Logan is correct. We, we are not suckers. Rams minus Ravens minus seven and a half. That's a sucker bet. That's a yeah, <laughs> the hell. The Dolphins are only seven and a half point dogs. Yeah, absolutely not. I'll hammer the Ravens. And then you just see, I mean, you saw the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. They hung with the Bills, which might not look as good now, but they, they hung with them. They look decent. The defense looked decent. But man, last week, I mean, come on. But they're, they're playing at home. Short week. The Ravens are traveling. And so, yeah, you know, Ravens struggled versus the Vikings. Uh, score prediction, though, I'm going to go with the Ravens, 28 to 24. Give me the Dolphins cover. No, Dolphins are uh, incapable of scoring that many points. Um, yeah. <laughs> 24, 24 to 20. I'll lower it to that. I think they can do that. They'll miss an uh, extra point. Uh, but we're going to move on to our Week 10 upset picks because last week, despite there being every upset known to man, we only won, cashed one of them. Logan with the casher. I was absolutely sold. I took the Vikings, and, you know, I thought they had a chance. And they did, but, of course, they sold them. Sam – um, you sometimes, took the Jets. Sometimes but. when you bet big value, you get big losses. <laughs> I will say, though, for the first five minutes of that game, I thought the Jets were a new team, a new dynasty. I thought they had their new quarterback. And I think a Mike White version of that game has a vastly different outcome than what we saw. Um, <laughs> okay. Finals. Yeah, we can let it slide. We can let it slide. But, Logan, since you were the only one that cashed last week, we're going to let you hammer this one. Start it off. Roll it. Right. Okay. First of all, you know, Austin was talking a little bit about Russell Wilson returning and I, or, you know, I really do think Seattle plus 164 on Fandle at Green Bay. This, this one just has a Seahawks signature win written all over. I always, I always think Russell Wilson's good for, for a couple signature wins, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers with a little bit of distraction. I know Sam, you, you know, you love your cheese heads. You love him as a villain. Uh, but you know what, Seattle is just, you know, they, they're formidable offensively. Uh, and, and I think plus 164, if you're looking at the slate, what, what we're always looking for value. Uh, I, I definitely think Seattle got some little bit of value there. The, for the record, the Seahawks, their rushing defense hasn't looked terrible. Now, granted, they're on a bye last week. It hasn't looked terrible. That's mainly because they just put Jamal Adams at the at, – they said, you know what, screw it. Jamal Adams can't play coverage. We'll just put you at the Blitz line boy. of scrimmage. They call him Blitz Boy. Yeah, Blitz <laughs> Boy is just at the line of scrimmage running behind. And credit to the Packers. Their offensive line has been looking decent, and the Packers' run game has been decent the past two weeks. But, Logan, I love the pick. And so, Sam, uh, we'll let you – we'll save you for last. You pick the Jets. You don't deserve to go second. 
my pick. I'm going to go with the Saints, plus 140. They're at the Tennessee Titans. And now when you look at this game, you see the spread three, three and a half points, and you just look at yourself and you're like, what is why? The Titans, not only they're at home, they're on an absolute scorching streak. I think one, four or five straight games. Only last loss was to the New York Jets, which honestly is a, 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 a reputable loss. Um, but the Saints, this game makes no sense. The spread makes no sense. I think the Titans should be five and a half, six and a half point favorites. They're at home, which is normally means you get three points added to your spread. So if they were on a neutral field, Vegas is saying this is a pick em game. I'll ride with the Saints. They might get Taysom Hill starting this week. And that offense is a weird one because you can't really prepare for a Taysom Hill-led offense because it's not really going to be throwing the ball all that much. So I think there's a little bit of value in the Saints. Now, I will, I need to see Alvin Kamara out there. I do believe there are some injury reports that, that he might not play. So if he doesn't play, I'm all out if Alvin Kamara is out. My, my second second pick was the, uh, the Browns, but I need Nick Chubb to be out there. So maybe I have two upset picks. Who knows? But I like the Browns, and I really just want to see Miles Garrett plant his face and just shove uh, Mac Jones into the ground. <laughs> Angry. Uh, I mean, after, look. Yeah, just after it, what Mac Jones, did you see what he did this fight of Burns? Uh, of course I did. It was it was disgusting. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, he needs some revenge, and Miles Garrett seems like the guy that I can count on this weekend against the Patriots. Well, this if you're if we're going back to your Saints pick though, I mean, we're what are we trying not to be? We're not trying to be suckers on this channel. A sucker bet is Titans. That's that's an absolute sucker bet. And and I mean, it's just it, it to me, it makes no sense why the spread is what what it is. It, I, I, the Saints really have shown me no offensive production, or maybe maybe Taysom Hill's just gonna have. 200 yards rushing and three touchdowns. I don't know what's going to, going to happen. I don't know why the Saints are going to win this game, but they just are. I, I, I really do like the pick as, as the contrarian. Thank you. I, I really do appreciate it. Sam, round off this segment before we get into Sunday night football and Monday night football. Well, you know, you beloved fans, you didn't come to this section for plus 140 or plus 164 odds. <laughs> they did come for winners. They did come for winners, but lay it well, on us. But value winners. And so, you know, looking at the slate of games, there's a lot of uh, underdogs, big underdogs this week. Um, so am I here to say pick the Jets over the Bills? Absolutely not. You know, I'm not a stooge. I did that last week. I'm not going to do it this week. You got to learn from your past mistakes. I'm kind of tailing off a little bit what Logan did last week and picking the Falcons over the Saints. I'm picking the Falcons again this week. Very big underdogs, plus 340 odds against Dallas. A Dallas team that last week, look like a Dallas team in November. And what I mean by that is everyone thought this year, different Dallas team, whole new identity. They're really going to finally be the, you know, elite football team that we've wanted them to be for so long. And they put up a stinker against the Broncos team, the Broncos team with the, with the you know, okay defense that just lost their star player of eight years. And, you know, they couldn't put up points again against them. We look at the Falcons. They were trying like hell to lose that Saints game. Basically, every option they had, they ended up still being able to pull it out. If you look at the rapport that Matt Ryan's been building with Kyle Pitts the past couple of weeks, they could get hot. Cordell Patterson, man, he's just been killing it. So you get some good explosive Falcons weapons. They might be able to put up enough points to beat the Dallas team. And if you're looking for a hey, throw throw a dart at the wall. I like Falcons at Dallas is one of the big value picks this week. What a value, Sam. That is that is what we like to hear. Now, did I also hear you say Cordero Patterson's good or something? Did that, did that slip out of your mouth? I don't uh, recall. Won't say it in a fantasy segment, but I'll say it in a, uh, a regular football segment, yes. <laughs> okay, 
Cordero Patterson, he, he helped them clutch out that win with that big, big reception down the sideline. I'm a big fan of the value pick, Sam. And if you think about it, the last time these two teams played was last year, and the Falcons absolutely choked that game against the Cowboys. They were up by like 20 points, and they choked it all in the fourth quarter, giving up an onside kick, losing by one, 40 to 39 or something like that. So, yeah, I love it. Maybe they get a little bit of revenge this weekend. But we're going to move on to some Sunday night football and some Monday night football. And Sunday night football, it's a decent game. we got the Chiefs versus the Raiders. Um, I'll get the spread picks up in a second. Um, but what is your guys' thoughts on this game? Because you got a Raiders team coming off the loss to the Giants on the road. Now they go back at home. They're at home. And then you got the Chiefs traveling. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. The Chiefs are over under 51-and-a-half. Logan, go. Right. I, I mean, I, I was talking about the Raiders being one of those sneaky teams. They always play hard. I, I like what they're doing offensively. I, I think, like I said, we need a healthy Josh Jacobs. He's he's always got the red Q next to his name. Anyone who plays football always knows that, right? And I think I think the Raiders have enough to cover that spread, right? And maybe tease it up to like three. I, I think this is about a field goal game. And I and I definitely think, you know, they have the defensive capabilities to stop Mahomes, the league. Look, look at what the, the Packers did, you know, Chiefs playing at Arrowhead, that that Chiefs offense isn't what it used to be. It's really kind of crazy, right, to see the league figuring them out right like that. Um, but, you know, I think I think the Raiders do do uh, cover this one, you know, playing at home. Yeah, I mean, they're playing at home. Their fans will be out there after all the turmoil that's gone down really over the past couple of weeks, which I don't know if they've been. A, they've been I mean, they were on the road the bye week and then they went to the Giants. So they haven't really played at home since week seven. So I think the fans will be out there. Henry Ruggs and all those incidents are past them. I like I like the Raiders in this one. I think they got a good chance. If you think about it last year, when the Chiefs were the almighty AFC team, everyone was like, this team is the best in the NFL. They beat the, they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. The Raiders went in there, and they beat them on their own turf. So I like the Raiders in this one. A score prediction, I'm going to go – I think we get a lower scoring game. The Chiefs offense has not been impressive. So I'd go, it's going to be a field goal game, in my opinion, 24 to 21. Uh, Sam, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I thought the Chiefs really missed an opportunity to regain some identity and what could have been a blowout win against that Packers team that failed to put up any points. And they just didn't do it. You know, they got the W, but was it really a decisive W that made them feel more confident about their ability? I don't think so. But with that said, I still like them in this game. Tough divisional matchup. I think it'll be close, maybe something 21-17, but I am leaning in favor of the Chiefs just because at a certain point they do got to get the magic back. You think, I'm, right? I'm not ready to count them out yet. I know I've been saying like each week I'm getting close to it. I still think there's going to be that week where they turn it all back on. And um, why not a tough divisional win away, not playing at home? Yeah, let's see it. Let's see Mahomes get it done. I mean, I feel like everyone's just been waiting for them to have that signature win, you know, to snap the fingers and just be back to Mahomes throwing four touchdowns a week. They just have not looked good. They just, the eye test, they are not passing it. They have looked terrible the past couple of weeks. Really, basically the whole season, they had one good game, but basically against the Eagles, and that's been about it. So I don't know. It's going to be a good, hopefully we get a good game out of it Sunday Night Football. Last week was the Rams-Titans, which wasn't really much of a game the whole game. So um, I think so. We're going two Raiders and one one on the Chiefs. Um, let's talk about Monday Night Football, and then we'll wrap this up. It's the Rams versus 49ers. Rams coming off that loss to the Titans. 49ers have looked pretty bad the past couple weeks, getting blown out by Colt McCoy and the Cardinals. Uh, Sam, I'll let you start this one off. What are your thoughts on this game? One bright spot for the 49ers is that George Kittle, by all you know definition, seems to be back and seems to be kicking. But I don't think it'll be enough to be able to go toe-to-toe with what the Rams can do on offense. And, yeah, I don't see the Rams losing two in a row. I see them bouncing back with a nice dis- decisive win. Um, you know, Stafford wants that MVP. I think he does. And the 49ers right now 
too many unknowns with what's going on. I just don't have enough confidence in them to be able to put up the points to match the Rams. So I like the Rams, something like 28 to 10 over the 49ers. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I'll give my score prediction in a second. But yeah, it, you know, I would normally if you see the 49ers really looking bad, you'd blame Jimmy Garoppolo. But truthfully, he hasn't really been the problem. That defense has been abysmal. And I think the Rams would get back on track this week. I mean, that, like I said, they did not look good offensive wise last week. Stafford did not. Stafford made a lot of miscues that you would see out of a Jared Goff. He looked like Jared Goff. Like they switched spots. That was some Jared Goff like mistakes that he threw those couple interceptions right on their own goal line, basically gifting the Rams for or the Titans 14 points. I think the Rams bounce back here, get a big win. Their offense is much too talented. And like I said, the 49ers defense has not inspired anyone. So I'll go with the Rams a little bit of a big, big win. Think 31 to four. Thirty-one uh, seventeen. I think they win this one. Logan, you? Uh, did you did you beat my score prediction? Because it, it looked it looked pretty dang close to mine. I I I did write down my score prediction on this one. But uh, you know, all the for all the points we we've already hit on. Yeah, it looks like three people uh, all on the Rams for this one. I mean, long, besides the Kittle bright spot, uh, they finally Brandon Ayuk. Wel- welcome to the football team, right? You know, they finally got Brandon Ayuk uh, going. Yep. He he had a bit of a game. But but Sam, you, you nailed it. That that defense. I, I think you know San Francisco likes to hang their hat on that defense. And you get carved up by Colt McCoy. Yeah, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to trust you one bit uh, playing Matt Stafford in that very high powered uh, Rams offense. I, I think I think Rams win this one 32-16, which I believe might be close to the under. Austin, do you have the over under pulled up? It's 49 and a half. Okay, so it's it's flirt it's flirting right right there on that over under line. But yeah, I, I do think you know, Rams get it done 32, 16 book it. <laughs> well, I mean, we're all on the Rams. So what could possibly go wrong? Right. <laughs> they are only four point favorites, which is a little bit suspective, a little bit, uh, it's a little bit like, uh, I don't, I don't like that that much. Maybe the 49ers keep it closer than we think. Wouldn't necessarily surprise Sam. You are right. George Kittle finally got, got it going. Brandon, I, you got it going. Like I said, their offense is not the issue. It's the defense that has looked terrible. Maybe they step oh. it up in a divisional game at home, but I can't remember the 49ers are terrible against the spread at home. And it's just straight up. They have really have not won any at home games over the last like year or two, but that's going to wrap it up. The last thing I want to talk about is the disrespect. And he's not on the channel right now and not on the podcast, Ryan Mountcastle. Um, yeah, he was not uh, in the top three for a, uh, AL rookie of the year. And I have to come out and say that is complete blasphemy. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle deserves to be in that top three, if not top one, and so I'm just here to put my pitchfork up and riot because I just don't think it's right what they did. Ryan had a killer season, hitting over 30 home runs. And then he finishes, I don't, I don't know, probably finished fourth, but around Wander, Franco, Randy, Rosarena, which really only played well against the Orioles. That's per Ryan's status himself. <laughs> so, man, I have just, I'm just angry because Ryan deserves it and we really support him. Just wish he was in the top three. I'd like to second. I'd like to second everything that was just said there as somebody that followed the whole season of baseball. The Baltimore Orioles will never get their respect just because they're the Baltimore Orioles and no one watches or pays attention to them. But Ryan Mountcastle had himself an absolute season. Did Luis Garcia finish above him? I, I believe he did. Yes, yes. And Luis Garcia will be at least three because he ain't finishing one or two. Because no. that, you know, that's 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 really upsetting because Luis Garcia, for for you know, my opinion, I think he had a, a really bad year. He, I mean, okay, he had a good game in the playoffs, but I mean, it, Ryan Mountcastle had a great year. And uh, a lot to be proud of in, uh, on a bad Orioles team. He's the, he's the lone bright spot uh, for that organization, for sure. Yeah, Ryan Ryan texted me a little bit disgruntled today. So, 
He's just, he doesn't understand. Neither do we, Ryan. We're all in support of you. You'll be the call on our shot AL rookie of the year. And I think that's more important than the regular one. <laughs> you, you, you don't at me. So we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Like I said, the podcast is live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Always send us your questions every single time. Make sure you go download the podcast too. Give us a good rating. This has been Austin for Logan and Sam. Subscribe to the channel if you guys are new. We really appreciate it. Let's get to 20,000 subscribers. That's the big goal by the end of the year. We can't do it without your guys' love and support. So we'll catch you guys next week. And like I said, Austin, Logan, and Sam, catch you guys in the next one. Peace.